Welcome back to Looking Backwards, Looking Forwards. I'm C. Thomas Printer. This week, we start by looking backwards at the announcement out of the UK. Rishi Sunak has pushed back the climate policy goals for EV vehicles from 2030 to 2035. Previously, there was a delay, or previously, there was a ban on the sale of new gasoline and diesel cars beginning in 2030. He has pushed this back to 2035, and people are not happy, starting with Ford. Ford, uh, Lisa Branken, chair of Ford UK, which is committed to making the UK its European electric vehicle component manufacturing hub said the 2030 target was a vital catalyst to accelerate forward into a cleaner future. Our business needs three things from the UK government, ambition, commitment, and consistency. A relaxation of 2030 would undermine all three, end quote, Branken said. Well, this is exactly what we've been talking about for the last two years. This EV transition is going to be a lot more difficult than people think. The governments think they can mandate something and automatically it just appears. But it takes customers to actually go out and buy these vehicles, meaning they have to afford them. And they have an affordability crisis, not only in the UK, but here in the US, with these electric vehicles just being too expensive. And that's one of the things that Warren Buffett said. He says the rollout just isn't achievable. Just the number of turnovers of cars isn't achievable, much less more expensive vehicles, right? When you have cars that are fifty, sixty thousand dollars and you have these huge increases in financing costs now, these vehicles are going to be very difficult to get on the road and mass, even with the government giving tax credits. I mean, the whole thing about this EV transition that we have is it doesn't make much economic sense. The governments are funding this, but we're not getting any bang for our buck. It doesn't make sense for the consumer to transition. And here's another article we've talked about. Orsted CEO Mads Nipper recently said that it's inevitable that consumers will have to pay more for renewable energy. Hold on. The consumer is going to be forced to pay more. We were promised that electricity and wind and solar were going to be cheaper. But now you're saying that's not the case after we've thrown all these millions and billions and billions of tax credits at these people that have allowed them to build these wind plants, solar plants, all these new EV green friendly agendas. And now you're saying that it's going to cost the consumers more. Well, here's here's the here's the quote that we have from the Wall Street Journal on the on this, all of this exposes the folly of government industrial policy that force feeds an energy transition that makes no economic sense and won't matter to the climate in any case. The corporate welfare demands will keep coming and consumers will pay one way or the other. Here's the problem. The governors fear that their constituents will have to pay more for their climate follies. This is exactly what we've been talking about. This is a burden to our economies. And this is one of the reasons you're starting to see Europe in particular lead the way in struggling right now because they are further ahead on this green transition. And now they're looking over there with Germany facing stagflation straight in the face with a recession and high inflation. The ECB has 
said they're about done raising interest rates. Well, how can they do that at 4% when they have 7% inflation? The UK is looking at stagflation, and this is nothing more than a result of terrible energy policy. The, the German industrial manufacturing industry was based on cheap Russian energy, and it just simply doesn't work with solar and wind. Another big policy change is starting to come out of India. India this week bought 1 million barrels of UAE oil using rupees instead of dollars for the first time. We have talked about this channel about the history of the petrodollar and how this has created demand on the world stage for the U.S. dollar, allowing us to have a much higher standard of living than we actually deserve here in this country because the strength of the dollar has never actually waned where it should if we weren't the global reserve currency. Well, now India and the UAE, both nations that are part of the BRICS agenda, they are now going around the dollar and they have a system set up that allows India to pay for both oil and there was a gold sale this week for over a million dollars in rupees. So what you're seeing is the dollar and the de-dollarization of the world is starting. It's slow. It's, it's, it's got the big countries around the world starting down this process. And they're just saying, we're tired of being at the mercy of the U.S. and they're heavy-handed policy with using the dollar as a weapon. They saw what happened to Russia and they are not going to go and put themselves in a vulnerable position. So they're creating workarounds and that's exactly what we're seeing here. Another thing I noticed this week that caught my eye in a very bad way was a chart on MarketWatch that says that renting is a far cheaper and smarter option for many Americans today in the face of high homeownership costs according to a new analysis by real estate technology platform Cadre. Well, I would hope so with 7% and hot climbing interest rates, mortgage rates, and home prices that have seemed to jump 20% in 2021 and 20% in 2022, many renters that were hoping to become homeowners are finding that it's just not something that's feasible. In fact, it is 62% more expensive to buy a home than rent in this country. And that's with rental prices climbing. But right now, the home prices that are frozen up, the home sales that are frozen up are going to maintain these frozen levels because everybody that has a mortgage doesn't want to sell because they would have to go get a new mortgage. And the people that are looking to buy simply can't afford it. They can't afford the down payment because the price is too high and the bank isn't going to finance them when mortgage rates are at 7 8%. The amount of house that they would be able to buy is a couple hundred thousand dollars less than they would have a couple years ago. So what you're going to see is we are going to have to see a housing price sell-off and it's going to have to be a pretty meaningful sell-off to get people to go back into the housing market again. Looking forwards, we are starting to see China dig in their heels and push back against America. America has reached out and, and put a kibosh on the semiconductor industry in China. China, we talked about, is having a little success with their new Huawei phones that are ahead of what the Americans thought the technology that they even had with semiconductors. But... China also holds the cards to a burgeoning market share where some semiconductors serve as the base of many electrical and electronic products. If we go to the industrial equipment news, 
China is pulling back the sales of gallium and germanium. These are both key rare earth minerals that are part of semiconductors and solar panels creation. This is in the national security interests and is a pushback and a deliberate attempt on China to push back against the U.S. Now, this has actually hurt the prices because if you can't sell to the rest of the world, the prices are dropping. But China is not going to export any of these out of the country, at least in August. And this could this could interrupt the supply chains of the semiconductors and solar panels if workarounds can't be found for the Chinese um, inventory of these two items. We move back to a story we've covered once before that saddens me. It's always, it's never good when the government spending has a zero ROI, but if we go to Baltimore, there was a recent report out on Fox News 5 that talks about the Baltimore City Schools and 40% of Baltimore City high schools had zero kids that tested proficient in math, not one student. That's right, zero students at 13 Baltimore City high schools had zero people that tested proficient in math, zero. Not only that, in those 13 high schools, like they weren't even close to proficient. 75% were not even close to proficient, meaning they scored one on a scale of one to four with one being the level that's not even close. Even more dis disturbing is Baltimore City Schools received $1.6 billion from the taxpayers, the most ever last year. The district also received $799 million in COVID relief funding from the federal government, and still not a single student tested at 13 city high schools scored proficient on the state math test. According to Jason Rodriguez, the deputy director of People Empowered by the Struggle, a Baltimore-based nonprofit, he says... So it's not a funding issue. We're getting plenty of funding. I think accountability is the issue. Well, that's exactly right. And the people are here to keep the government accountable. So if we're throwing money into a system that produces zero students at 13 different high schools, we need to get our money back because we're getting an ROI of zero on that. If we continue with this educational system that is creating such a terrible return on investment, we go to the educational rankings according to the World Atlas, where the United States currently ranks 25th overall in reading, science, and mathematics. Who ranks number one in all three categories, I might remind you? China. They spend about 4% of GDP, and so do we. So what's the difference? Well, the difference is, is they're getting results. So whatever we're doing here in the United States, we're giving kids laptops and spending money like crazy. That's not working, right? I've said forever that the best return on investment in American history is a library card, right? What we have is books. We have the ability to access information at greater levels than we've ever had, but our education is going backwards, meaning we need to start holding people accountable, or we just need to scrap the entire Department of Education and give that money back to the taxpayers. That's what uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is talking about. Is That's one of the departments that he's trying to get rid of. 
at first I thought, well, maybe that's a little extreme, but seeing that we spent $271 billion, according to the um, usaspending.gov website, and we're getting entire high schools that have no students proficient in math and our reading scores and science and math scores continue to decline against the rest of the world, I think it's quite safe to say that we're doing something wrong. So we should channel that money in different areas and I think give it back to the parents and let them decide how best to educate their students. Thank you for joining us this week. And remember, we have bygone relics coming out every Wednesday, as well as looking backward, looking forward on the weekends. If you'd like to go to our website, cthomasprinter.com, we have links to all the articles and more information for you there. Thank you for tuning in.